What is up, fantasy people? Welcome back to the True North Fantasy Pod. I am Trav coming live from Dirty Laundry Studios 2.0. And yeah, thanks for rocking with me. It's uh, It's been a minute since I've been in the lab, but I'm excited to get back, excited to start helping the listeners win some championships and just really excited to uh, to be putting out some content for you. It's been a minute since I've been back. The, the family moved. We've moved into a new house. We've uh, been doing a lot of stuff. It's been really busy. So I appreciate everyone sticking around with the True North brand because it's been a while and uh, I'm super excited to move forward into the 2022 season with you. Alongside our content, please go to fantasypoints.com com the true north pod is a part of the fantasy points media group and with our promo code true north 22 that's all capitals true north 22 you can get 10 percent off the elite resources found over at fantasypoints.com just today scott barrett dropped his my guys article and i was chatting with him a little bit about his quarterbacks to target article that he dropped yesterday and uh, it really swayed me on some of my rankings that i had so uh, like i said elite content over there at fantasypoints.com their college football uh, and prospect guide is severely or hugely discounted right now um, just because of the point that we're at in the season but they've got that college football package and it's going to be incredible as well as the fantasy points data package is on its way and I think that's going to revolutionize the game I really think that once that data package comes out you are not going to need any other website for your fantasy research so again fantasypoints.com that promo code is true north 22 all capitals for 10% off your 2022 subscription and trust me you will not regret it that's my main resource for my research and I just can't wait to see all of the things that they're expanding on so good group over there we appreciate that affiliation they are an incredible incredible team so yeah I'm back and tonight I'm going to be talking about some some of my favorite targets in the later rounds of fantasy drafts. So these are all going to be players that you can get in the 10th round or later in your drafts. And I really think they can give you that edge you need to win your titles this season if you play it properly. Um, it's going to be a fun year. And I think where we can really attack um, some of these guys with league winning upside, what a league winner is to me is somebody that you get maybe later in a draft or potentially off the waivers who has the ability to have a late season surge and really push you through the playoffs and I think these are some of the guys that can do that as well as offer you some early season uh, early season value as well in those starting roles on your fantasy roster so the first position we're going to start with is at the top the quarterback position the first guy that I want to talk about is Justin Fields the first round quarterback of the Chicago Bears from last season very up and down rookie season didn't get a whole bunch of opportunity and he was in one of the most ultimate dysfunctional situations that you could ever imagine with Matt Nagy at the helm in Chicago and when I think of Justin Fields this season I look back to last season and what Jalen Hurts did for my Philadelphia Eagles and I think last season what Jalen Hurts was in most cases he was kind of the last of those Konami code rushing quarterbacks that you could get in your drafts I think he was going in like the eighth or ninth round and by that time All of the other guys who offered that upside, like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, they were well off the board. And Justin Fields was that. I actually had him ranked accordingly last year. I had him at quarterback 14 on the back of thinking that he was going to get that opportunity from week one. But obviously with the dysfunction there, we didn't see that. So when we look at Jalen Hurts from last season, he went on as an eighth or ninth round pick to finish as fantasy's quarterback nine on the season. And he was actually the quarterback six on a points per game basis. So that's a great year for him. And the similarities are pretty solid there. Like it was a bad pass catching corpse for the Eagles last year. We didn't really have high expectations 
expectations for Jalen Hurts. And we questioned how he could do as a passer in that Eagles offense. And I really think that Justin Fields is a little bit more polished right now as a passer than Jalen Hurts was at the beginning of last year. Obviously, Justin Fields doesn't have A.J. Brown coming into the fold to save him. But I think... Justin Fields can be in 2022 what Jalen Hurts was for you in 2021, and he's going even later in drafts this season. You can get Justin Fields right in the in the early to middle 10th round, so he's right on the cusp of even making this list, but I think he can provide a lot of value. Like I said, the Bears, they are a garbage team. We know that. The offensive line is the league's worst, and that pass-catching group that they've got isn't far off of that. No matter what you think of Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, they aren't world beaters at this point, and I don't think they necessarily move the needle to carrying this offense and having a high-powered attack, whether through the air or through the ground. So, um, And I mean, if you look at it, this team traded for Nikhil Harry to try and reinforce that group. So... Um, you know, we have to take our lumps with what we thought of Nikhil Harry coming in because he is not the answer for the Chicago Bears. And I think with Fields, if you're expecting a big season as a passer, I think you're going to be sorely mistaken. But to continue that comparison with Jalen Hurts, Hurts finished with just over 31 yards passing last year with 16 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So not even like top 15 caliber as far as passing numbers but essentially what I'm saying here is that we don't need gaudy passing numbers from Justin Fields for him to crush 2022 he's going to be running for his life behind that offensive line the Bears essentially need him to run the ball if they're going to trot out an NFL caliber offense and I think even with middling passing numbers if Fields can run for something like 700 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground you will have a top 12 quarterback one performance out of him. He's Like I said, he's a 10th round pick right now going off the board as the quarterback 16. And he's the only guy in that range that I think has legitimate top five overall quarterback upside. I have him as my quarterback 14 right now, and I think that could be a little bit conservative. I could make a case to draft him as high as the quarterback nine off the boards or to rank him as such, at least. Um, so I just think you can draft Justin Fields with confidence. And if he doesn't work out, if he crashes and burns, you can always just revert to a streaming approach and just be picking up guys like Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, maybe Baker Mayfield, who I think might have a little bit of sneaky floor with those pass catchers in Carolina. I think you could just revert to a streaming um, a streaming strategy. And I think that could get you by in your fantasy season, especially because with Fields, if you're drafting him as your quarterback one in the 10th round, you've probably built a pretty solid group of running backs and wide receivers potentially a stud tight end in that mix as well where you can get by and stay afloat with those streaming quarterbacks because you didn't you know sell the farm to get one of those elite quarterbacks and give up what could have been a difference making running back or wide receiver so I love me some Justin Fields this year he's one of my favorite quarterback bargains and I'm riding I am riding with him so shout out to all my Chicago Bears fans because I really hope it works out for Justin Fields because I don't think in his first season he was really um he wasn't really given a good shot to succeed. And so I just want to see the Bears continue to put him in those situations. And I think the new coaching staff is a good start towards that. So the next guy on my list, he is going into his third season and kind of like Jalen Hurts, actually, he is in a bit of a make it or break it situation. And that would be Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, he also is going, he's going a little bit behind Jalen or uh, Justin Fields in that mid to back end of the 10th round. Sometimes you can get him into the 11th round. Um, and with Tua, it's a bit of a different story, right? Because he's not going to give you that rushing upside that Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts offer. And I personally am not a believer in his ability to carry an offense on his back. 
But what I do think is that the team that they've built around him in acquiring Tyreek Hill, um, they brought in Cedric Wilson as well, and they tried to beef up that offensive line. I think they've built a team around him that has the ability to carry him to a solid fantasy performance this year. Like I said, Tyreek Hill, they got Jalen Waddell, who is an incredible difference maker. He set the rookie record for receptions in a season last year in that kind of not great Miami Dolphins offense. They brought in Cedric Wilson from the Dallas Cowboys, who has some big play potential. And they've got a couple other guys there as well. When you look at the ancillary pieces, they've got Mike Gesicki at tight end. He is a big play waiting to happen. Interesting to see what happens with him because he's been playing a lot of slot over the past few years. And I think with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they're going to have to recalibrate that a little bit because those guys move around a lot and are dynamite out of the slot as well. Um, and then you look at the running back group. Uh, Chase Edmonds is an incredible receiving running back. Um, and he comes in there. I think he's going to be kind of the main guy, but I think it's going to be fluid, right? Uh, Raheem Mostert was also also brought in. Sony Michelle is kicking around there. Miles Gaskin still kicking around. So they have a bunch of different pieces, but I think Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds mainly provide a bunch of big play potential as ancillary weapons who can also catch the ball, which is a boon for Tua Tagovailoa. Like I said, there's not going to be much rushing production from Tua, but I think you know, if we're looking at what he could do on the ground, I could see something in the mold of early career Dak Prescott, where he could punch some touchdowns in around the goal line. If you recall, Dak's first few seasons, he averaged five touchdowns rushing per season. And most of that was just around the goal line, punching them in. So it's not like Tua is a Philip Rivers type pylon or anything like that, but I just don't think prioritizing the run is a part of his game. I think it's more scramble situations when he has to get out of the pocket, or maybe some of those, um, little easy ones at the goal line that he could punch in for that six points so I think that is in his range of outcomes we don't necessarily expect it we kind of think that's more the cherry on top but when we look at the weapons around him and the fact that Mike McDaniels is the new head coach coming from that hyper efficient San Francisco 49 49ers offense Tua Tagovailoa will get big plays out of his receivers on the regular. Tyreek Hill is just an absolute monster. He could take a screen to the house. He can beat a defender by 15 yards down the field and just walk touchdowns in. Jalen Waddle is of a similar mold. And I think with the attention on those guys, your Cedric Wilsons and your Mike Gesicki's could make a little bit of hay from time to time. If those guys are prioritized in coverage and maybe a team is able to lock them down, there are other guys who can do some work. So I really think with the, the big play potential, Tua is set to reap the benefits. And like if he gets a game where a couple of those guys go off for big, uh, big touchdowns, I think he could have some really big pop weeks. And I think the cool thing about Tua is he doesn't get enough credit for the floor that he could offer as well. Because I really think with the efficiency that Mike McDaniels is going to provide, Tua is going to be kind of a fringe quarterback one on the regular basically on a weekly basis um, and I think the floor is going to be you know say Kirk Cousins but the ceiling could be you know some of those big Tom Brady weeks where he throws four touchdowns and puts up 350 yards I think that's in Tua's realm this season where it may not have been before and looking at Tua's profile in a vacuum that's probably not in his range of outcomes either but when you consider the ecosystem that's been built around him I really think Tua could exceed those expectations so if you 
weight on drafting a quarterback and you're looking for someone who can provide that big ceiling, I think Tua should be your guy and you can get him late. Much like I said with Justin Fields, you can target Tua or Justin Fields in those double digit rounds and really build an elite squad in the running back and wide receiver departments that has that edge over your teammates. And what they can provide you at the quarterback position provides you additional edge. So it's like edge on edge. And so uh, I think I think I like those guys as some of my later round quarterback picks. Just an honorable mention here. I, uh, I've been looking a little bit more in my best ball drafts at Kenny Pickett. Uh, and I think it really depends on your build. Like in shallower leagues, say a 10-teamer with a shorter bench, you're not going to draft a second quarterback. But in those deeper leagues, I think Kenny Pickett can be a nice little get for you. Um, he should be the starter in my mind by midseason for the Steelers. I don't see Mitch Trubisky lighting the world on fire to the point where he keeps that job. And Kenny Pickett was the only first-round quarterback drafted this past season. And the Steelers are really going to want to give him a shake. He looked really accurate in his preseason action. And I just think he's the future. So they're going to try and get him in. In, uh, they're going to try and get him in there some point this season. Um, so what I'm saying is you're not going to rely on him early season. You're going to have to draft him as your second quarterback. Um, if you get like a Kirk Cousins or maybe like a Matt Ryan or something, you can supplement. I, I think Kirk Cousins maybe not be be a good example because I think Kirk Cousins can offer you, you know, weekly starting capabilities. But Matt Ryan, there's still a little bit of unknown there. And so a Kenny Pickett with the team that's around him, sort of similar to Tua, that team is loaded. So I think he can he can make some hay as a passer being accurate because I don't think this offense can get any less efficient than it has been with Ben Roethlisberger the last couple of years. And I think Kenny Pickett can actually make a little bit of hay on the ground as well. He's got sneaky athleticism. And then with that accurate accuracy and precision as a passer... He could be an efficient top 15 fantasy quarterback by season's end if he's getting those opportunities in Pittsburgh. And the beauty of Kenny Pickett is that you can totally just drop him if he's eating up that roster spot and not starting for the first eight weeks or something. Maybe pick him back up a little bit later, or maybe that means that you're happy with the quarterback you drafted ahead of him, which is all good and well. So I think Kenny Pickett's my honorable mention at the quarterback position, just because I expect him to be a viable starter later in the season with weapons that can hold him up for fantasy purposes. Before we move into running backs, uh, I want to mention another one of our sponsors, Underdog Fantasy. And I want to mention them because these next two running backs that I'm going to talk about are huge best ball targets for me and will be as we move into redraft season. Underdog Fantasy is the best platform for best ball drafts on the market. Point blank period. Uh, it's easy to use. It's easy to make a little bit of cheddar. It's a ton of fun to dive into drafts. When I when you got multiple drafts going and you got multiple drafts where you're on the clock in the slow drafts. I did some drafts the other day uh, where they had $3 entries and I started four of them as uh, fast drafts where it was a 30 second clock. That was exhilarating to have four drafts going. Some of these DGENs, uh, like James Brimacone, shout out to him for the thousands of best ball drafts he does. Sometimes he has 10 plus fast drafts on the go and he is working those cues that's a little bit much for me but that's something that you can do if you're interested so uh, tons of ways to play over on underdog fantasy they have like i said three dollar entries five dollar entries they have they just launched a twenty five hundred dollar entry best ball league which is huge stakes so it's really fun for the whole family and once we get into the season they've got a ton of good prop games there you can do um, you know multi-game parlays and add a bunch of players in there who you think are going to hit certain thresholds for certain statistics Uh, and underdog fantasy is the place to do that so go there use our promo code tnff and you'll get an instant match on your first deposit 
up to $100. So spend a hundy, get a hundy. That's two hundy, folks. We like that. And yeah, it's, it's just a lot of fun. So if you get in there and you draft a good team, feel free to post it on Twitter and tag me in it and I'll give you my thoughts on it. And it's just exciting to see everybody get in there. And I really think that platform is sweeping the nation. So get in there while it's hot, folks. At the running back position, the first guy that I'm going to start with, he has previously been a bit of a heartthrob of the True North Fantasy pod. Uh, Ty, my former co-host, who I'm trying to get back in the fold a little bit here, but life is busy for him as well, has been a big proponent of my man, Daryl Henderson. Uh, The Rams running back two, or so they say... um, I think he can be an incredible value for this year for you this year. Now, admittedly, his ADP is rising. He's right in that early 10th round as well. Um, but previously in drafts, I was getting him in like that like 12th or 13th round range, which I think is going to pay off huge for me in those best ball drafts. Uh, but in the early 10th, he qualifies for this list. But I think he's also like, if you look at it right now, He is dealing with some soft tissue injuries, which has been a bit of a trend for him previously, but so is his running mate Cam Akers. And I think Daryl, with that, Daryl Henderson probably should stay around this 10th round draft price uh, leading up to the season starting. And I think with that, he's that guy who can present league winning upside if he gets the opportunities. Um, Cam Akers is definitely going to be a factor. And when he gets back to health, he's going to be a big factor. You see him going in the top three rounds of fantasy drafts. Uh, But I think like I think the situation in L.A. is more of a 1A Cam Akers and a 1B Daryl Henderson as opposed to Daryl Henderson being a clear backup. Um, Yeah, I I think like at their cost, I will take Daryl Henderson all day because I think there is an absolute avenue where Daryl Henderson outproduces Cam Akers this year. We saw the team put a lot of trust in Daryl Henderson last year before he got hurt in week 12. He never had a game below 60% of the team snaps. And while that's not going to be the case this season with Cam Akers in the fold, if Cam Akers gets injured, it absolutely is. But with Cam Akers healthy, I still think Daryl Henderson can give you some of those pop-off games, even if his snap count is a little bit more limited. Last year in 2021, he had the 13th highest explosive run rate among running backs with 100 plus carries explosive run rate is percentage of your rushes to go for 10 plus yards he was top 13 in that category of all running backs with 100 plus carries I also think as a pass catcher there is room for improvement Um, if we're looking at explosive plays in the passing game he uh, he was outside the top 20 in that category and never had a game with more than 30 receiving yards so I think with Cam Akers coming in and maybe taking a little bit more of the early down role, Daryl Henderson could be in there in more passing situations. And I think he could uh, he could definitely progress upon what he did last year as a pass catcher. So what I'm saying here essentially is that I think he's a great add in those double digit rounds. I think of the players that are going around him, he's the best of the bunch. And he's a great addition to fill out your running back room. So depending on how you build your team earlier in the drafts, say you went wide receiver heavy in those rounds two through seven, maybe you took a tight end in there as well. And by round 10, you only have two or three running backs. Get Daryl Henderson because I think even early in the season, he could provide you starting numbers on your roster. So, um, yeah, I just think, you know, Daryl Henderson can be a best case Ontario for you in being a league winner by season's end, especially if something happens to Cam Akers, because he hasn't been a picture of health so far this in his career, nor has Daryl Henderson. But one of those guys is going to have a good season, and uh, I'm going Daryl Henderson at cost all day. 
The next guy I want to talk about is Trey Sermon. I have been scooping him up in bunches for the San Francisco 49ers. And to some, it may seem like a bit of an ugly pick with how we hyped him up last year as a third round pick for the San Francisco 49ers. But now, you know, he didn't do anything last season, which is evidenced in his draft cost because he's going near pick 200 in most drafts. Um, So... Remains to be seen what that draft cost is as we move through training camp and whatnot, because it looks like, I believe it's Friday right now and I'm recording this, and I believe Trey Sermon and the Niners are going to be playing tonight. And I did see a report that Trey Sermon could be featured. So if he pops off in those preseason games, we could see that price rise a little bit. But again, he's going in like the 15th, 16th, 17th round of fantasy drafts. So I think it's just free money. You got to remember with the San Francisco 49ers, their starter right now is Elijah Mitchell, who was awesome last year, but they don't have a lot of capital invested in him. And this has always been a team that is going to churn through multiple running backs. So while I do see Elijah Mitchell as the lead ball carrier, I think there is a world where Trey Sermon can come in and be kind of that 1B, somewhat like I was talking about with Daryl Henderson. To the point where if Elijah Mitchell struggles, we know Kyle Shanahan likes to ride the hot hand a little bit. And if Trey Sermon is that hot hand, he's going to be getting a lot of carries and he's going to be productive. This is one of the heaviest run rush volume teams that we've seen over the past few years, especially in the red zone. They run in a lot of touchdowns and I think Trey Sermon could be a beneficiary of that. If you look you know, at, at the team as a whole, we're super excited about Trey Lance. They've got George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, who's one of my favorite players in fantasy football this year. And then Debo, who just got that fresh contract off of an incredible 2021 season. This offense is going to explode. So this is a team that I am trying to pick up pieces of. And Trey Sermon is one of those pieces that I'm prioritizing because he's so cheap and he has such incredible upside as that third round pick. I know a lot of people who have been looking at Tyrion Davis Price, another third round pick of the San Francisco 49ers. But from what I've been seeing, it looks like Trey Sermon's going to lock down that number two job in San Francisco. I'm not saying don't take Tyrion Davis Price. I'm just saying Trey Sermon's the guy I would prioritize there. But Davis Price has just as good an opportunity if he starts to become the hot hand. Maybe Sermon gets in the doghouse again like he was last year, which really tanked his season. Um, Kyle Shanahan's doghouse is extensive. And if any of those guys ahead of Davis Price get in there, Davis Price is going to put up some numbers as well. So just attack pieces in that San Francisco backfield because, um, you know, you can drop them if they do nothing or if they pop off, you're really, really going to be getting an edge on your league mates to the point where these guys could win you your league 100%. Like if I draft Trey Sermon in the 17th round and by midseason, he's a guy who I can slot into my flex spot every single week, that's just free money. And I am laughing all the way to the bank. So Trey Sermon, one of my one of my highest owned players in best ball right now and as we move into redraft i'm gonna have him on the bottom of benches everywhere the honorable mentions for this one go to uh, rashad white of the tampa bay buccaneers and brian robinson jr both rookies coming into their new squads rashad white is kind of that late season surge type guy who needs to catch an injury for leonard fournette to be getting a full workload but i do think there's an avenue where he could work his way into five to ten touches by midseason because he is an extreme talent. I think Rashad White's probably the best catch pass catcher out of this incoming draft class. Uh, and I think he doesn't get enough credit for how good he can be as a runner. He's shifty. He's got some speed. And I think in that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense where Tom Brady passes to the running back a lot, I think Rashad White could be a smash. And if Leonard Fournette catches an injury and Rashad White comes in, he's going to be a strong running back too 
right off the bat for somebody that you get in those later rounds and uh, you're just reaping benefits at that point. Brian Robinson, a little bit of a different case because I could see him being somebody who doesn't necessarily produce and you could drop off of your bench. Like depending on the size of your league, you could probably just leave him out of your draft and pick him up off of waivers. But I think he's somebody who has legit 10 touchdown potential. We've seen what's happened with Antonio Gibson. The guy is on punt return teams right now, seemingly in the doghouse of coach Ron Rivera in Washington. Uh, They brought back JD McKissick to be that pass catcher. And I think he has 70 reception upside automatically because he's not going away. Like they pried him away from the Buffalo Bills who had already agreed on a contract with JD McKissick, but he pulled the rug out from under and said, nope, I'm going back to Washington. And I think they're going to make a concerted effort to use him. So Antonio Gibson, I think he's becoming a value the further he slides. I think he's a ninth round pick at this point. Um, But I think Brian Robinson as a bit of a free square at the end of your draft could be that goal line banger and first and down runner that the Washington commanders use if Gibson continues to struggle. Um, And those are guys you need to look for. Those backup running backs who give an opportunity could either score big touchdowns, get big volume, or catch a bunch of passes are the guys that you want to be targeting if you need to supplement that running back position where you may not have prioritized it earlier in the draft. So go take those guys with your last round pick. It's worth a flyer. See what happens. If you got to drop them, you got to drop them. But if you don't drop them and they're producing, then you're just you know, you're smashing at that point because those guys could provide a lot of production for very little cost. Even if you're in a dynasty league, I recommend trading for those guys. If you're making a a play with bigger pieces, throw in a Rashad White, throw in a Brian Robinson, bring them over. And I think, uh, you know, you could get a little one up on your league mate for tossing them into a trade. Diving into the wide receivers, it's an interesting group this year. I love the wide receiver pool. I think you can get value at every area of the draft it's very deep and I think with the wide receiver position for me like a lot of our leagues we start three wide receivers now and I think for me the way that I draft is I usually prioritize running back I like to have a couple studs in those top two spots at uh, at wide receiver but I think for me the spot that I don't prioritize is the wide receiver spot because I trust myself to be able to stream within that position so I think like you know, you have to trust yourself when you're drafting in fantasy football, whatever your analysis, whatever avenue you use to come to those conclusions, trust those conclusions. And I think where that comes into play with the wide receiver position is you're going to be taking risks. You're going to be taking guys who haven't produced previously that you just have an inkling or maybe something leads you to thinking they could have a good season. And those are the guys that I'm putting into that wide receiver three slot on my team, hopefully to have big production. Like, I would rather have to churn guys through the wide receiver three spot on my team than have to churn guys through the running back two spot on my team. I would rather have two solid starters at running back, maybe a third running back that I can plunk into the flex and then have to rotate out in that wide receiver three spot with maybe um, some young high upside guys who haven't shown it yet. Or maybe, you know, you get tanked with injuries and you have to start working the waiver wire. I would rather work the waiver wire with those wide receivers playing the matchups than I would running backs unless you see incredible opportunity from waiver wire running backs because then you stack them and then maybe you can make some trades with some of your other guys to acquire that wide receiver three. So just trust your conclusions when it comes to churning guys through that wide receiver three spot. And I think there is probably no better guy to start with than the Minnesota Vikings, KJ Osborne. He is a huge 
breakout candidate for me. He had a solid showing in 2021, considering he was on absolutely nobody's radar to start the season. And I think again, this season, he isn't really getting the credit he deserves. Last year, the lack of attention was definitely warranted. Young player hadn't done anything. This was a team that funneled all of their passing work to two wide receivers and ran the ball heavily with Dalvin Cook. But this year, he has a way better ecosystem around him for success. And that's not necessarily the players around him. That's more the offense around him. We saw Kevin O'Connell come over as the head coach, replacing the dusty old prune that is Mike Zimmer. If you remember Kevin O'Connell, former NFL quarterback as well, we love when those guys come into offensive coordinator and head coach roles because they're always good for the offense. Shout out Kellen Moore in Dallas. O'Connell was the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams the past two seasons, leading one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL. And the main boost with that that comes for KJ Osborne is that the Vikings are going to employ a ton more three wide receiver sets. I mentioned before the Vikings usually had two wide receiver sets, a lot of two tight end personnel, uh, heavy sets to get that running game going and funneling the passing work to Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Um, But you look at the Rams the past couple seasons last year, they ran three wide receiver sets or 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end and three wide receivers. They ran that at an 86% clip last season. No other team in the past three seasons has been over 77% percent in those three wide receiver sets so kj osborne's route participation and snap count is set to skyrocket and i love that for fantasy look at what he did last season as a sophomore early in the year he was heavily involved he saw six or more targets in the first six games And in those six games, he gave us three performances of 11 points or more, two of which were 15 half point PPR points or more. So pretty decent for a guy who was unheralded. And in those six games, he averaged only about 63% 63, of the offensive snaps. So he wasn't getting a ton of run, but he was producing pretty decently for somebody who we didn't expect that from. Look at what he did down the stretch. He was a key piece of the offense in the final six games. In that stretch, he averaged 86% of the team snaps, and he scored five touchdowns in his final six games with the Minnesota Vikings. And in those six games to end the season in half point per reception leagues, he was the wide receiver 16 over that span. So I think if we bridge the gap, he's not going to be the wide receiver 16 this year, but I could see top 30 numbers from KJ Osborne this season, especially with Adam Thielen having a history of injury. He's getting up there in years. He looks healthy at this point, but you never know throughout the season. KJ Osborne could end up being the wide receiver receiver two for this team in Minnesota that's going to have a much higher powered offense so um, with that higher powered offense coming to the season his projected increase in snaps and seeing that Kirk Cousins likes to look his way I think we're going to get some screaming value on KJ Osborne he's a 12th round pick right now I'd be willing to take him a couple rounds before that in the 10th round ahead of guys like Nicole Hardman, Devontae Parker, Russell Gage, Kenny Galladay. I would take KJ Osborne over those guys. He is one of those guys who I am planting my flag in is going to have a breakout season and finish much higher than his draft cost uh, cost would tell us. So KJ Osborne is a priority for me in drafts as I fill out my wide receiver depth and he should be for you too in my opinion. The next guy I wouldn't necessarily prioritize quite as much, and that's Zay Jones in Jacksonville. Like, 
We don't have high expectations for that Jack- Jacksonville offense. Uh, we don't think it's going to be like an elite passing game, even though they've got the blonde bomber in Trevor Lawrence, who was this elite talent, but had an awful situation with Urban Meyer and the dysfunction that they saw last season. Like That might be the only team that was more dysfunctional than the Bears was the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is an awful way for Trevor Lawrence to come into the NFL. But yeah, Zay Jones, man. Okay, like... I'm being a little facetious when I say this, but Zay Jones could be the newly minted wide receiver one for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know that Christian Kirk came in for a fat payday. He's one of the highest paid wide receivers in the league, which I think is absolutely disgusting. Um, But that's all to say that I've never been a believer in Christian Kirk, and I've especially not been a believer in him maintaining the top priority in the target totem pole for a wide receiver or for an NFL team. Like I don't trust him at all as the wide receiver one here. I think he's better as maybe a second or third on the totem pole piece, but to put that heavy target share on him to be kind of an alpha, I think is way too much for him to handle. Um, I don't think any of these wide receivers in Jacksonville are going to smash and be like top 24, giving you top 12 weeks here and there. But I do think Zay Jones in comparison to um, in comparison to Christian Kirk is almost just as good talent wise. He's already shown some chemistry with Trevor Lawrence in camp. And really, I just think regardless of the contracts that they signed, uh, the target priority in Jacksonville is wide open for the taking. Zay Jones himself got a pretty fat payday. I think it was like three years, 30 million, which is 10 million per. So he's going to be involved in this offense. And like I said, like there is definitely an avenue for him to outperform Christian Kirk and I am way off of Christian Kirk and I will take Zay Jones with the last pick in my draft because in most drafts he's getting undrafted but theoretically he is the number two on an NFL team that has an awful defense that will have to throw the ball because they're going to be behind in games and Zay Jones could be a major beneficiary of that like Obviously, he hasn't had a good shake in his NFL career so far. We haven't seen a whole ton of production, so it seems kind of weird for me to hype him up. But if you look at his situations, like he was drafted to the Bills, the pre-Josh Allen Bills, who were not a good team, did not put together a good offense. And then after that, he had a season last year with the Raiders, who were also a bit up and down, and they funneled their targets through Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Um, And if you remember when Zay Jones was drafted, he was being put in the same category as Cooper Cup, as one of those day two wide receivers with solid college production who could surprise in the NFL. We look at the coaching staff now. There's a little bit more normalcy with Doug Peterson at the helm, formerly of my Philadelphia Eagles. And what I remember of Dougie P, old big balls Doug, is that he can get wide receivers wide open. He made Nelson Aguilar extremely relevant that season when the Eagles ran to the Super Bowl. He also made Nick Foles a viable fantasy quarterback and someone who could carry some of these wide receiver options to good fantasy finishes so there's no saying that he can't do that with Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence is definitely more talented than Nick Foles and I think if they put it together Zay Jones could be that Nelson Aguilar who gives you you know 850 and seven touchdowns or something so definitely like not a guy who's going to be a top two priority in your wide receiver room but to fill out that room for some spike weeks that he could offer maybe a little bit of low-end consistency from Zay Jones I think he's a smash. You got him for free at his ADP in the 200s. He's going like, you know, undrafted essentially. And I got another guy that you can have no problem dropping. So I think Zay Jones, if you need to draft or even pick up, you know, an, an 
a late preseason just before the season starts waiver wire guys Zay Jones can be that for you so um, not tying myself officially to this Jaguars passing offense but if I am it's going to be to Zay Jones and I do like to sprinkle a little bit of Evan Ingram in there as well because he has some of that big upside for free at the tight end position where he offers that athleticism that the guys going around him just don't offer so total dart throws but um, sometimes you got to hit on those dart throws to win in fantasy football and these are guys that I would throw darts at the honorable mentions at uh, at wide receiver are DJ Chark and Donovan Peoples-Jones. DJ Chark, I just think in that Detroit offense with Jared Goff, they don't have any other big wide receivers. Amon Ra is kind of that slot after the catch guy. And I like him for this season. He's going as, you know, the wide receiver 24 to 26 usually. And I don't mind him at that. Previously, Amon Ra St. Brown was going in like the fourth to fifth rounds of drafts. I couldn't get down with that, so I faded him a little bit, but I'm getting a little bit more on board with taking him. But DJ Chark, like definitely a good best ball pick because he's that big receiver who can give you those big weeks going down the field for Jared Goff. He's the guy who's going to be the downfield threat for the Detroit Lions. So while he may not present weekly consistency, I think if you play the matchups right and you just keep an eye on the way that they're using him, his snap share, the targets that he gets, I think DJ Chark could be a useful little flex spot or a guy that you churn through that wide receiver three spot on your roster. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a little bit different because I was going a little bit off of when Deshaun Jackson had that six-game suspension versus the 11-game suspension that he now has, but I still think that Donovan Peoples-Jones playing the number two role behind Amari Cooper could be a solid little get for your team. I think he possesses some traits of a wide receiver one on an NFL team, and Amari Cooper has struggled with consistency in his own right, let alone injuries as he starts to get a little bit older, a little bit more tread on those tires for Amari the Pooper Cooper. Uh, So Donovan Peoples-Jones is one of those guys I'm filling out my wide receiver room with as well because I think the Browns need viable targets behind Amari Cooper And maybe another guy that I'm going to talk about. And Donovan Peoples-Jones seems second in line amongst the wide receivers. So I don't think it's going to be a prolific passing offense with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. But they might not be done their work at the quarterback position. Say they bring in a Jimmy Garoppolo. He provides a lot more efficiency and consistency at the wide receiver position. Where he can deal to these wide receivers in maybe a high efficiency, a little bit lower upside um, fashion. But I think Donovan Peoples-Jones with his talent as a profile can kind of add to that low upside to make it a little bit bigger upside for him as a fantasy asset as well so dj chark and donovan peoples jones are the honorable mentions at the wide receiver position before i finish this out with the tight ends i just want to give a shout out to our final sponsor our friends over at trophy smack and if you want to level up your league you can do that with trophy smack some of the stuff they're putting out is just amazing they have taken their business to the next level as of late go check it out follow their twitter it's it's incredible what they're doing over there uh you can see in the background here i got that fancy shiny king's classic championship belt um if you want to get yourself a championship belt or a new trophy that they've got on there they have tons of designs you can customize everything with your purchase of a trophy or a championship belt our promo code tnff will get you a free championship ring which is huge you get that bling you can flash it in the faces of your league mates um, and you can get that for free with our promo code it's usually a 60 dollars value so you're just reaping benefits there with our promo code tnff and we love everything that the the people at trophy smack are doing so we're a we're a proud part of that family and they're just they're doing really good things our friends over at the dynasty vipers had a charity league 
Trophy Snack donated a belt to to that league, and and instead of just the the black leather that they've got here, they did brown snakeskin, and that thing looked incredibly crispy. So, like I said, tons of ways to customize. They've got winners trophies, they got losers trophies. If you want to throw some shit in your uh, in your league mates' faces, you can really shame those losers in your league with some of those trophies that they've got. So, go check out the website. Use promo code TNFF, and we will appreciate you for doing that because it's uh, going to our sponsors is the best way to support the show um they support us they back the brand they you know they help us out and you can help us out by going and checking out their products as well so thanks for anybody who's done that and if you get a cool customized trophy or belt made throw it up on twitter and let us know because we want to see all that cool stuff that you're doing and uh it's just fun to see the ideas that people have for for you know throwing it in their league mates faces that they got that dub at the tight end position, I only really have one guy that I'm heavily targeting, and that is David Njoku of the Cleveland Browns. I talked about Donovan Peoples-Jones as maybe second on the wide receiver priority. I think as far as overall team priority as pass catchers, I think David Njoku is second on that list behind Amari Cooper. Um, he just got that new fat contract, which is great to see. And I think even with Jacoby Brissett at the helm, he can still smash. Jacoby Brissett... In the past with the Colts, heavily targeted the tight end position. I think that's probably mostly a product of the weapons that the Colts were running out there. But I think what that could have done for Jacoby Brissett is he learned that the tight end can be a nice little safety blanket for you in that offense as a quarterback who's, you know, a little bit limited skill set wise. We like Jacoby Brissett as that stopgap guy, but he's not anybody who you're going to have on your fantasy roster. But I do think that he can hold up David Njoku as a top 12 tight end. So Go check out David Njoku as that later round target. Uh, I think, you know, I have him as my tight end 12, but I think in drafts right now, he's going as the tight end 20. So that just shows you my confidence in him. He's an extreme talent, former first round pick. One of those kind of basketball player type tight ends who offers immense upside. So I would go pick him up as kind of that late round tight end if you don't invest in one of those earlier guys. Uh, David Njoku is one of my favorite targets at the tight end position. I already mentioned Evan Ingram a little bit earlier. Another guy that I want you to monitor is Robert Tunyon for the Green Bay Packers. He's on the pup list right now, but I think he's kind of tracking to come back early in the season and he could be a waiver wire gem. If you remember a couple of seasons ago, he finished as the tight end five on the back of a 10 touchdown season. So that just shows you that Aaron Rodgers trusts him heavily. And you look at the pieces around Aaron Rodgers. He's got Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, Romeo Smoking Dubes is there. Um, I don't think any of those guys have necessarily cemented themselves as main targets. And with Devontae Adams out of the picture, the red zone target share is extremely up for grabs. And the only guy who we've seen do that and do that with Aaron Rodgers is Robert Tunyon. So keep an eye on him. You don't have to draft him. He's going to be a waiver wire guy. But I would highly recommend if you see that he's healthy, Pick him up before he starts producing because your league mates will prioritize him on that waiver wire. And that's all I got. That's all I got. That's a lot of talking from me. So I appreciate everybody who stuck it out, looking at my ugly mug, listening to me yap for a little bit. I hope I provided some value for you as you move towards your redraft drafts. I've got one. Personally, I've got my favorite draft of the season coming up this season. Shout out to the Esquampton crew. It's our yearly live draft that we have. I am in charge of creating the draft board. So I'm going to have to hit the craft store and get some of that, uh, some of those big board papers and get some of those fancy Sharpies and shit. But 
um, it's a good time of the season, guys. So soak it up. Enjoy your drafts. Um, I know I'm going to enjoy mine, and it's a ton of fun. Please, please make sure you go check out our sponsors, fantasypoints.com. Uh, check the description of the video for those promo codes, and, and you can get in there and get dialed. Fantasypoints.com. Trophy smack with the uh, the trophies that you can use to gloat a little bit. And then our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Best ball season is not over, folks. They still have tons of drafts going on. Best ball mania, $25, uh, $25 entry and tons of prizes. I think 10 k to the winner of that one, if not a little bit more. Um, you can win a ton of money over on Underdog, and it's a lot of fun getting in there and drafting. A lot of people just like drafting, and they don't necessarily want to have to manage the waivers and their starting lineup every season. Underdog is the place to do that and that promo code's TNFF so yeah those are the three sponsors we really appreciate you going and checking them out because that supports us like nobody's business um and yeah, check out the brand, True North FFB on Twitter, True North FFB on Instagram as well. You'll see I posted my top 12 quarterback and running back rankings just yesterday. So go check those out. Let me know what you think. The wide receiver and tight end rankings are coming. And then I'm going to do a little bit of site work over the weekend and get the full ranks posted on the site over the weekend. So the best place to track that is on Twitter through the True North account. Uh, Instagram, you'll see some of that stuff coming out as well. And then my personal account is tseal 14 Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash true north fantasy football. That's the meat and potatoes of our content with the video work. You can find the gold jacket podcast still rocking out over there. The full tilt dynasty podcast. Those guys are doing an incredible amount of work. They are really, really kind of holding up the YouTube content while I've been on hiatus. So I'm coming in, pulling my socks up, pulling my weight. I am back, baby. So let me know what you thought of the pod. Really appreciate the comments and the likes on YouTube. I really want to know what you guys think because it's kind of new territory for me doing some of these solo shows and I really want to know how I can make it better for you as the listener so let me know what you liked let me know what you didn't like um, and I would love to tinker that to make it best for you that can kind of inform how I drive my content to provide the best experience for the listeners because that's what it's all about right I want to provide value for you I'm not here necessarily just to talk out of my ears I'm here to provide value for you and put out a product that uh, the people who listen to it enjoy. So please let me know. I really, really appreciate that. And then, uh, yeah, go check out the socials and the site. And uh, we're going to be doing lots of work as we lead up to the season, getting you ready for those drafts and getting you ready to have another fruitful season of fantasy football. So until next week, I am Trav, like I said, from Dirty Laundry Studios 2.0. And I say, peace. we